Welcome to episode 768 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, January 17th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined once again by Arbor Pro's Dusty Wagner. Dusty, welcome back. What's up, Paul? Not too much, man. Three days in a row with pods. It's been great. We're really in the full swing of it. Uh, I've been saying that pretty much at every intro with uh, Justin, Nick, and now you, because it, it really does feel like draft season's here, and I talk about how the football people are coming, and every time, you know, uh, Packers, Niners, or um, Chiefs, Titans, two groups of fans are going to join our ranks this week after their teams lose, and then once the Super Bowl's over, we'll have everyone back from football, and baseball will officially be going on, but you and I, we don't quit. We don't quit baseball at all. And uh, how has your offseason been going as far as studying and getting everything situated for the season ahead? Uh, I'm way ahead from where I'm normally at. Um, you know, I usually get started around this time. I got started basically last month. So I'm a full month ahead. Uh, but it, it's, it's crazy. This should be your favorite day of the, the offseason, by the way. You, you know what it is, right? It's only <laughs> 69, 69 more days, days? Yeah. <laughs> until opening day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. The nicest day, although it's a putrid <laughs> outside. It's uh, it's rainy and gross. It's a it's a day to stay in. Uh, you know, read your read your study guides that that you've got. Uh, do some research on fan graphs, baseball reference, baseball savant. Listen to some podcasts. Play MLB the show if that uh, if you're so inclined there. Definitely a day to, to hunker down and hang out. So 69 days away. That's fantastic. We have a great topic, and you came up with it. Now, NFBC is how we met, and I've been in the NFBC now for a few years. It's great. The National Fantasy Baseball Championship. They have a lot of different leagues. The main event is, of course, the main one. It's in the name, and that's a 15-team league uh, and, and a bunch of 15-team leagues that make a giant league. So if there's uh, 600 teams... That it's a 600-team league, and that's probably both of our favorite events. I know you play some of the other um, even higher-stakes ones that are like one-off, the diamond and the platinum and all that, but is the main event still your favorite? Absolutely. I mean, they, like, I think it's everybody's favorite, even even it has if you – Yeah, it's it's just the allure of it, and, and I can't wait for you in, in Vegas to hear seven leagues go off I'm, at the same time. It's, it's, it's just amazing. I'm I'm so excited! It's going to be awesome. We did it live in New York, but then twice online. Finally, go, and and there were two other drafts going on in New York, and even that had a buzz to it. But everyone says there's nothing like Vegas. Can't wait to do it. So what we've noticed, or what you've known for years, and obviously what I've noticed in my uh, few years here, is how things really change from this time of year in February into March. March when it's go time. Uh, obviously, when you're pay paying any entry fee for a draft, it counts. But there's something about March, those main event drafts, where things really change. People are going to put their flags down, and prices are going to go up. And there's going to be some prices that you're like, holy smokes, his ADP was X, and now he's going for this. And if you're new to the NFBC, just be prepared. If you are a go-get-your-guys sort of person and you don't worry about ADP, the NFBC is for you. Because you can do that, and I know some people kind of get worried about looking foolish or, or getting chastised or whatever. And so they, they are timid about getting their guys. In the NFBC, there's none of that. If somebody likes George Springer and uh, he's a third-round ADP, 
take him at the end of the first because I'm going to go ahead and get my guy there. And so you've come up with a topic for us. Let's each talk about five guys who we think are going to surge in March and then whether or not we'd pay this uh, guesstimated price. Obviously, we don't know, but we're trying to pick five guys we could see surging substantially from their current ADPs. So we'll go back and forth, um, one each. So I want to start with your first one. And this is a good one because I definitely think he has a chance to get here. And it can be of different factors, right? It can just be, hey, I got to go get my my guy here. He's a young guy who could be really dynamic. It could be a spring training uh, look from injury last year that makes them look better. It could be a, a position being locked down and no no worries there. All sorts of factors. Your first guy is Fernando Tatis. He's got kind of a mix of both. He's the young, fresh thing who kicked butt for uh, half a season, but he also had an injury. But I think once we get into the Cactus League out there in Arizona and he starts running around, making, you know, even the great plays on defense, those don't affect fantasy, but just seeing the flash of Fernando Tatis, people are going to be excited. He's currently in the second round and you think he could move into the mid first. Now, that's not a huge jump in terms of number of picks, but moving into the first is a big deal. And so you think Tatis could jump up into that mid first. Why don't you give us some reasons why, and then we'll get into whether or not we'd pay that price. Well, I, I think the big reason is kind of after Lindor, you know, like you, you have your top three, Acuna, Trout, Yellick, you know, Bellinger will go somewhere. You got Cole and DeGrom, Betts, Lindor. After Lindor, basically, though, it's kind of a crapshoot. I don't think there's yeah. necessarily somebody that's just like sticks out like, OK, you got to go after this guy. No, there's a lot uh, of ways. Yeah, and I know that the big thing about these March drafts, too, is there's a lot of just people that don't necessarily draft and draft champions or or the, the online championships or anything like that because they don't want their information getting out there, vice versa. So I think Tatis, you know, yeah, he, he, he was injured last year. As you can say his Babbitt was high, but I mean, he, he runs r- really, really well, which helps his Babbitt even to start with. Uh, I, I mean, he could easily be a 30-30 player, mm-hmm. even just on a mean, a 25-25 player. So, like, with speed being an issue, I see I can easily see him pushed up. Uh, you know, Trey Turner, uh, everybody's kind of concerned about him with the same thing, injuries every year. So it's, yep. it's like, hey, let me take the higher upside guy maybe uh, with a little bit more pop and, and, and to tease. And I'm pretty sure that couple years ago Trey Turner off of like a 90 game season um was being taken extreme 73 games and then 98 the following year I mean his ADP continues to stay high Trey Turner's does off of half seasons and so to see it for Tatis I don't think that's impossible and your point about how it opens up at a certain point there in the first round uh, is going to make Tatis a potential first rounder and, and Justin and I talked about this way back in September that Tatis could become a first rounder. So I, I agree with you. Now here comes the question though. Would you pay it? Would you be that guy at pick seven or eight that says, Hey, it's open right now. I'm not, uh, I'm not getting the warm and fuzzies about Turner. Uh, I like story, but maybe I want the transcendent speed. I don't want a pitcher here. I don't want Juan Soto. What would make you take Tatis or do you pass on him at that point? I think I might pull the trigger on him. Uh, as you know, I'm not. I'm not necessarily afraid of just 
owning my my guys. He's not necessarily a target for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not in love with Bregman this year. And this is before um, uh, something happened this week, but we won't yeah. go into that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Dusty's an Astros fan, so he, he doesn't know what's been going on this week. He's just been closed off to the world. Yeah. <laughs> no, I you I think you made that clear. Um, before any of of the buzzer gate and all that sort of stuff that Bregman was someone who was moving down your list a little bit. But um, yeah, so Tatis with the transcendent power and speed, I think your your Turner comp is the best. How is he not right there with Turner? Yeah, uh, it, it's it's all about kind of like what, what you trust a little bit more. Uh, I think Tatis has way more pop uh, for sure. Yes. Uh, and, and I guess the allure is it's like, okay, in an overall competition, right, Tatis easily could be a top five player in the league if everything went right for him, right? Uh, Turner could, but I think Tatis kind of has a higher ceiling, uh, shockingly, than Turner. Turner's probably a little bit more safe, if that makes sense, just because of his steals alone. Uh, and has but- four years of of quality track record. Cause the funny thing is even in the 73 and 98 game samples, Turner had 13 33 for homers and steals and 11 46. So while you were missing out on that playing time, he gave you a great foundation and then you replaced him. So exactly. that, that roster spot was still very useful to you. And, and we just haven't seen enough yet from, t- so the safety point is right, but you're looking to spike big in the overall if Tatis went 30-30 or 35-30 because the power was was ahead of the, the speed last year, would anybody be that blown away by it? Yeah, and, and, and I don't necessarily see Tatis batting 317 again, but I don't, I don't think he's going to bat lower than 285, which is still super good in, in this environment. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the overall component. Yes, it can easily blow up in your face just like any pick could, but – I mean, he's the type of player that that is an overall uh, uh, standings type player that you, you would get. Yep, uh, I, I understand that. I think I'd still take Turner, but you get me around 10-11, and now I'm considering it. I'm looking at the, the pitchers who are there, uh, my guy Verlander, Bueller, Scherzer, Soto, but Tatis is absolutely in that mix for me. If I if I'm concerned that he's not going to get back to me in the second, because obviously the further you push down in the first, you're you're hoping that maybe you can loop him back around, but you don't want to take that gamble, and that's part of how these guys get moved up. It only takes one. That's the cliche in drafts, but it's also true. So I think both of us could get comfortable with Tatis anywhere starting around nine on, and uh, and that would be a jump from where he currently is going in the eighteen to twenty two range, and his his min uh is 10 so far so somebody's already done it uh what you're suggesting is that his adp the the average could be that he ends up being there so i think that's a good first one to start us let's run to the other side here into a veteran and pitcher and uh, injury is still a factor but for me my first pick was chris sale and i think uh we know one of the hallmarks of the nfbc is that pitching gets pushed up and uh, you really see that in the March drafts. And I think if sales out there, sliders busting fools up, velocity 94 plus, that he's moving from this third round ADP that he has to the late first, early second. Uh, first off, what do you think about that? And then we'll get into whether or not you you would do that. Yeah, I, I think a lot of his ADP will uh, really 
really depend on spring. You know, if he if he looks like the Chris Sale of old, or even just a glimmer of hope, yeah, I think I think he just jump, jumps up uh, easily into the second round, even the top of the second round almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's, you know, there's news of oh, you know, my elbows sore. This he's is getting that. skipped or it, pushed ex- back. Exactly. Yeah, you could see him dropping two, three rounds, and then it's and then it's okay. Where do you take him in that? You know, that's a value the, the other way. Yeah, for, you know, it's it's perhaps a value to take him. Yeah, uh, but I mean, if 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 he's if he's healthy, and that's a big if because it's Chris Sale, uh, you know, he's arguably one of. I mean, you could in in a good year, you can say he's he's could be the best say pitcher. Basically, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, he's arguably you're going to say he's arguably the best pitcher. Absolutely, he has a case for number one. And even even last year when things went awry and then health crept in, he put up that 440 ERA, which is ugly, but he still had a 109 whip and a 36% strikeout rate in that time. He had 218 strikeouts in just 147 innings. So kind of going back to the thing I said about uh, Turner in those shortened seasons, yeah, you lost sale for a while, but the foundation he gave you, if you filled in adequately, then you look at that Chris Sale roster spot, and it was still really good for you. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Where do you think he finished in total strikeouts with 147 innings? Uh, let's see. I'm going to say top 10 for sure. No. Not really? With he, was, he was 18. Yeah, I know. I thought so, too. Wow. I was actually okay. a little shocked when I I, I thought he was going to be. I was, I was expecting a bigger unveil, but, it, but still 18th for 147 yeah. innings. The next lowest above him, above Chris Sale, is Scherzer at 172, who also put up an obscene uh, 243. So both those guys, while they did get hurt, it's hard to really say that they cost you much, especially if you avoided the blow-up when you were picking up for them. If you just got stable to good performance, then that roster spot performed brilliantly for you. So, yeah, it, I, and I would... I, by the way, I'll just answer the question right off the top. I would take Sale uh, at that height, at that uh, late first, early second ADP, uh, if he's ready and raring to go. Like I said, coming out throwing 94, sliders breaking, and he's making every turn that he's supposed to and reaching the inning count that he's supposed to. Um, so, so are you taking – so if, if Sale's healthy in the spring, would you take him in front of Bueller and Scherzer? Yeah. Uh, Bueller for sure. Scherzer has a little bit of the same factor himself where if we see him out there being Scherzer, sign me up. And so at that point, it's between Scherzer and Sale, and I'd probably lean Sale. So, yes, I'll I'll say that I would take him above both of those guys to where he becomes my number four pitcher, I think, at that point, Chris Sale does. Now, other than just, like, the health, is there anything that you're specifically looking for, like, in the spring, you know, with the little information that we do get? Just velo. I mean, if he's down at ninety, I'm I'm gonna have some concern there or something. Um, but as long as he's, I'll even say ninety three. You know, it doesn't have to be all the way up because, in fact, he averaged ninety three point two this past year. Sale did. So as long as he's in that ninety two to ninety four range on average, and taking the turns, that that's it. I really don't need anything else. Um, and I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that shot with Sale because he. You know, one, it's hard to say one player can win you the league, but, you know, 
uh, the foundation that Tatis could be as like an Acuna or Sale potentially being the number one pitcher, that alone doesn't win you the league, but it gives you such a great foundation to start your team with. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a game changer for sure if healthy. So, okay, so we're both open to considering Sale. Got to see that health. But even if we aren't, the le- the the uh, industry will be. The, the market will definitely be pushing Sale up. He's currently in the 40s. He'll definitely go into the 20s and potentially higher. All right, your next one is one of my faves. And you did a poll with four of your guys here. So if you guys follow Dusty, uh, it's Wagner, and I never remember the numbers. One, three, four, five, eight. Is that right? Four, five, four. You, you almost got it. One, three, four, five, four. Wagner, one, three, four, five, four. It'll be in the uh, description. Give him a follow. He did a tweet uh, on a poll, basically, of four of his guys. Uh, so we kind of got a, a little market that we can tell you guys about after we're done with these. And I had a hard time choosing because there's multiples of yours that I would take at their elevated price. And I labored on Mike Clevenger, uh, Clev Dog. I, I love this guy. You've got him going into the late first as a surge. And again, similar to Tatis, he's already in the, the early 20s. And so it's a small bump in terms of number of picks, but it's impactful because this would be putting him above Bueller and maybe above Verlander. And remember last year, obviously you don't, I don't have to remind you because you were part of it. Snell and Bauer were getting moved up in the, in the same role that you'd be basically be projecting Clevenger for. Is that, uh, is that what reminded you or what made you think of Clevenger as this? You see him as one of those type of guys who people start bouncing into the first round. Yeah, a, a little bit. And the other, I guess, part of it is, uh, a lot of the higher stakes guys that I talked to really, really love him, which tells me that one of them will probably push him up to get him knowing that everybody loves him. Yep. Uh, so it, they're the type of guys that really believe in their guys and, and, and aren't afraid to push up. So I, I think the big thing with Clevenger that really, you know, either shocks people that don't really look into him or, or not, but like, if you just look at his second half stats, I mean, he arguably was the best pitcher in baseball down down the stretch, other than uh, somebody that went to the Yankees in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> he, he really was. Clevenger. The only thing that derailed him from potentially or from really getting into the mix there with uh, Verlander and Cole on the Cy Young was that injury because he got yeah. he got uh, he got stunted after his first two starts, which were brilliant, by the way. He had twelve innings. He had allowed two hits with twenty two strikeouts. And then he has to sit on the shelf for 70 days. He comes back. He gets pummeled in his first two outings. He gives up 12 runs in uh, in like seven innings of work. But then from that point on, Clevenger was was basically untouchable. 217 ERA, 138 strikeouts, and 107 and two-thirds innings there uh, for the right-hander from Cleveland with a, let's see here, 105 whip. So he was brilliant down the stretch. Yeah, I, I mean, you can't ask for more from a pitcher. Now, they, you mentioned that um, you're influenced by some folks that you talk to here, and that's why you think he can get pushed up. Does that mean that you would not pay this price, or would 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 there be a I scenario? Per- I personally, I, I personally wouldn't. Uh, okay. That's just my my preference. I easily can see him being pushed up a. Uh, Ahead of Verlander again, you know Verlander's and, and Scherzer's knocks are their age, and you know how long can they hold up? Even though they Scherzer kind of started uh, to show some signs last year, Verlander hasn't. Uh, yeah. 
but I mean, pitchers going this late in their career, staying dominant is, are kind of few and far between. So true, true. But uh, there's nothing in Verlander's profile I, I, that suggests. I agree, but you, you you just you look at um. Uh, you know the the history of baseball. It's just it's I know. never really it's never really happened before, and I, and I I hate to just defer to that, but it's just it's so much history to try to go back and, and do. The the other thing though that I like about this group of pitchers is I feel like this is the first time in a in, in a long time that like the top ten to fifteen guys, everybody has different rankings. Uh, on them like you know even snell maybe in some some people's top five and you know he's like the 10th pitcher off the board you know i think that's going to make it really really fun in march because a lot of these guys really believe in in their rankings and who they like and Mm -hmm. it could really just go anywhere well and that, that again that's a key that's a hallmark of the nfbc in the main event uh particularly with pitchers it 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 goes to all team uh, or all lists um, but the pitchers really get pushed up, and that's the first thing that you'll notice if you come in to the NFBC for the first time this year is uh, you better throw out that pitcher ADP because it, it's not going to hold. It's not going to hold anywhere close. And I would be with you, by the way. I would uh, I would eschew this uh, this move for Clevenger if he's starting to go ahead of Verlander, Bueller, Scherzer, and then if we're putting a, a healthy sale up in that range too, I'm still taking them. So... I'm okay. I, I can get behind his wraparound pr- price here um, at 22, so shortly into the second round. I'm okay with that, but I can't. I can't go above the other the other pitchers there. Um, I can put him above Flaherty, who's going to 21, like one pick ahead of him. But that's really it for Clevenger, and it's just that I prefer those other guys. It's less of a knock on him and more of confidence in the other guys and and more of what they've shown. So that's where I'm at with, with regards to Clevenger. Anything else to say on him? Uh, no, I think that that about covers Clev. All right, let's move on to the next one. And this one was a, a little easy, I'll, I'll admit. But, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to highlight the ones that are really going to move here. And Vlad Jr., I think, is, is an obvious one. And if he hits four or five spring homers and he's smashing the ball like crazy, there is no chance that that 63 ADP holds and I think he would shoot as high as late second early third which is kind of where he was going before the injury last year and then he plummeted all the way down to six seventh and now he's slowly meandering his way back up it's very similar I think to the Tatis thing people are just going to look to make sure that things are going well and then they're going to have that confidence. Not that he ended the season with any sort of injury but he was he was underwhelming right he underperformed the lofty lofty expectations yeah they were super high expectations and, and but he's he that was, talented though exactly and he still showed glimpses vlad still showed glimpses of it even in the midst of um you know an underwhelming output and when he really got going in july and august we were all like oh here it goes but then he sputtered to the finish line with a zero homer 557 ops september slash october and uh you know probably left a little bit of a sour taste in the mouths of folks who had invested in Guerrero. But if you didn't, if you missed out on him last year, and you said, I'm not paying that. I don't think it could take much. I don't think it'll take much to get people excited about pushing him up their draft board this year. And so, like I said, I think he could go from the fifth that he's in right now to late second, early third. What do you think about that with Vlad jr? 
I don't know. Uh, I, I, I definitely wouldn't pay that price. I can okay. see him maybe moving up around round and a half uh, for, for somebody that really believes in him. Late second, I think, is, is a little aggressive. I mean, he would almost need 40 bombs, right, to, to kind of pay off there. But he he wasn't going to hit forty bombs last year, and they put, you know, the market put him there. Yeah, I, I mean, well, he was the new toy on the block too. So I know he, I know. he had that kind of in, inflated into. It. I mean, he's a three hundred hitter. I mean, you know, he easily could be a, a thirty hundred hundred guy. Uh, you know, so it's not like he wouldn't be useful. Uh, <laughs> he's not going to run, so maybe that pushes him down just a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. I would say middle of the third to late third. I, I, you know, in the right circumstance, I would actually, I would, I would think about uh, taking that, it there. Just that, just because third a healthy base. Jump. Yeah, just because third base, I, I'm not a huge fan of uh, this year, other than just maybe like five really? or six guys. Yeah. Oh, I, I kind of like third base, and so that kind of keeps me from from elevating Vlad Jr. too much. Uh, I mean, just a handful of guys going after him. Suarez, uh, Machado with the shortstop eligibility as well. LeMahieu, Moncada, Muncy, McNeil, Chapman, Donaldson, all the way down at uh, the 15th third baseman, Moose. You know, I think it's a pretty healthy group uh, of third baseman there. You're not in on that on that grouping there that I just named? Uh, Chapman, I am, but everybody else, uh, probably, probably not. I, I, really? I think Donaldson will, okay. will, will jump up, uh, now that he has a landing spot That's in fair. Minnesota. That's fair. Uh, yep. There's always, uh, some jump when a guy's a free agent, no matter how good they are, that, that w- until they have a home, especially after the last two years, when some guys just didn't even get signed, not that we ever thought Donaldson wouldn't, but you got to have that stability of knowing where they're playing. Plus it's a great lineup. You're right. He's going to move up, so he might be taking like Max Muncy's spot and moving from 106 to 80, 86, 87. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely possible. I, I, at least maybe ten to fifteen spots uh, initially, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. Uh, well, I, I I like some of those other guys there. So if I don't get Vlad or one of the guys going earlier, Bregman, Arenado, Ramirez, Rendon, Devers, um, I'm I'm okay with that. So I won't pay the elevated price on him. That that's gonna be. Um, I I don't it, think that I want to do that. Is that more the price or more that you don't think he'll realize his full potential this year? It, it's the price relative to those other third basemen. I love Muncie. Okay. Um, I believe in a lot of what Lemayhew did. I don't think he's going to fully repeat, but I think he's still going to be good. Um, I too like Chapman. I like Donaldson. So I just I would get a third baseman elsewhere. I I actually think he's going to have a hell of a season, and uh, I was kind of hoping the market would overreact the way they do on rookies if they don't perform. Uh, the fantasy market we can act like a bunch of scorned lovers uh, if they don't come up and and you know become superstars instantly. Some of the price drops of rookies are hilarious. Like imagine if Luis Robert. Uh, and I don't want to spoil it because, uh, you know, he is coming up. We'll get into him. But imagine if he doesn't pan out this year. He's going to drop. And he's just like, meh. He's going to drop to like the 15th round because people are insane if rookies don't come up instantly. So I thought Vlad would have a subsequent drop. He doesn't really have that. So I'm going to be out on on him in most instances. Um, let's move on to your next one. 
Austin Meadows. Now, Austin Meadows is a guy that I have learned over the course of the offseason that has some major love from folks. He has his his believers, and they are adamant. And, you know, you can understand it based on what he did last year. He had a brilliant season, and he didn't even get to play full-time. He had 591 plate appearances. I think he had one injury, maybe two. They were knick-knack if it was two. It wasn't substantial. He played 138 games. But 33 homers, 291 average, 83 runs, 89 ribs, 12 steals. And so, you know, you kind of do that, that do-everything package. Those steals there, I think people see could go up, or could go up, and that's why they like him. I think 30-20 has been bandied about with regards to Meadows. So I agree with you putting him here, and you mentioned that he could go from his third round into the top of the second round. So talk to us about Austin Meadows of the Rays. Yeah, like, like you said, I, he's been the love of Twitter. I think if if I had to put Twitter on one player, it would be Austin Meadows mm-hmm. uh, from everybody that I follow. Um, you know, a lot of people have compared him, you know, to Starlin Marte, you know, the, the, the I, and I can't remember who it was. I don't know. You know, I apologize for whoever it is, but. Steal it as uh, your own. Don't worry about giving credit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um but but they really believe that he he's going to run run more this year uh meadows than mm-hmm. than he did last year. So I mean if if that's the case then you know steamer has him for 15 stolen bases. But let's just say he ends up at 20 to 25. I mean that's that's a major difference, you know. Uh whether or not that actually you know comes to fruition is different, but you know if, if he's a 30-20 or 30-25 player, I mean he easily could pay off that price in the second round. Yeah, he he could be really nasty, and um, Meadows was insane. I think the Rays are going to be good again, so his counting ca- categories, his runs and ribbies should be strong. You know, they did trade away Fam, but they, they've added pieces. I'm excited about uh, Sutsugo, and we'll see if they can maximize Renfro. So, uh, yeah, Meadows, Meadows is going to be interesting. I don't know that I'm going to have any, though, because I'm not necessarily paying the current price let alone a a severely raised price on Meadows. So I think I'm kind of sitting this one out. And I got to be honest, it's not for any sort of hate. It's not like I, I just I don't like this guy or anything. I'm a little bit more suspect on the speed, especially the speed rising. And I think part of it is... 12 for 19 last year doesn't really get me going much. And I wonder if the Rays maybe yellow light him a little bit. You know, they don't fully stop him. He should get his double digits again. But if he doesn't sharpen up on the bases, you know, won't they tamp that down and say, you don't need to be running right now? I I, I think that's a possibility. Now, I will say, right, right as I uh, kind of give him a little uh, heat on the base dealing from last year, 88% career in the minors. So it's not like Meadows hasn't shown the, the ability to be sharp on the bases. He just wasn't particularly sharp last year. So we'll see there. I think pushing him up after this career year is just not something I'm comfortable with. So I wouldn't pay an elevated price on Austin Meadows. What about you? Yeah, I think middle of the second, I'm probably out. I, I like his price now. If he went up a couple spots, I'm, I'm still fine with it. Uh, I think he would have to be – he's a third-round hitter to me. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's one of the few Rays that will actually play every day, too. Yes, uh, yes. I, you know, Good point. He, he, he hits he hits lefties well enough, uh, so he's not he's not even close to being a platoon guy. But I think you know with the stolen bases, it especially coming up, it's kind of uh, a learned thing. I, I remember uh, you know years ago, Billy Hamilton even mentioned it, and he you know he he was one of the fastest guys. And it's there, there's more technique into it than just sprint speed. You know, it's absolutely, and that's why guys without good sprint speeds can do it. In fact, Jeff Zimmerman did a great piece showing that sprint speed is not a great correlation for steals time um, home to first is a much better is a much better uh, one to look at. And I mean, think about how many guys we've seen in the past who are middling to even worse at sprint speed, but they steal, you know, double digit bases every year because they're smart and they know, you know, they know when to go and get the jumps. Um, You know, Chase Utley was a brilliant base stealer. Beltron even into his career as his speed faded was a great base stealer. So I agree with you there. And um, you don't have to have the blinding speed to, to do it well. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he still is, is fast. I'm not even trying to say that he isn't. It's just, I I think once he kind of learns the game that last year was kind of his first full year. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, I, I I think there's a chance. I, I don't think there's, you know, even though he had the seven caught stealing last year, you know, I, think there's a chance that he maybe learned something and and again he only needs maybe like 10 stolen bases to really just jump up his value yeah i mean that would be that would be huge for uh uh for for meadows there so i think we'll keep a close eye on him he's definitely somebody who could rise that's a good call out there let's move on to my next one and it's a it's a pitcher uh with some age Uh, oh we did uh, am I going in the right order here? Yes, no, yeah, you, yeah, you got it. Sorry, I'm I'm dumb. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, <laughs> I think, is definitely one of those guys that same kind of story of like just seeing him in spring. Uh, obviously, his story ended up being amazing last year. Diagnosed with leukemia, makes it back in season, just awesome. I was at the All Star game and and that they do the stand up to cancer moment every time, and of course, it was in Cleveland, and he was there. That was powerful. That was a really, really uh, cool moment to see him standing there and all the players uh, having Cookie written, or, or Carrasco, and that's his nickname, Cookie, written on their card there. That was incredible. Comes back in September. You know, the results didn't really matter. You just wanted to see him out there pitching, and, and he was. So he finished the season on the mound. I think he comes back. He's looking healthy. His price is going up. He's currently in the eighth round. I could actually see him soaring to the late fourth, early fifth. I really think that a strong spring out of Carrasco is going to remind folks of of what he's been and uh, and send him sky high. What do you think about that with regards to Carlos Carrasco? Yeah, I, I mean, he's already won, right? He he beat you know he beat he, cancer. He, he, yeah, yeah, so I mean, whatever he does now is just gravy, but. Uh, as far as the, the the baseball, you know, Ennis, I mean, this guy was pretty consistent, you know, before last season, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, Cleveland has a way with pitchers. They just always just turn them out. Yes, they do. Uh, and, and it always seems like they're never worried about their offense just because they just trust these pitchers so much. So, uh, you know, I've never been a cookie guy, uh, 
you know, I mean, on the side, of course, I'm a cookie guy. But <laughs> as far as Carrasco goes, uh, you eat I, cookies. You don't necessarily <laughs> draft Carrasco. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So, or drink cookies like you. Uh, that's an inside reference. Inside uh, joke. If you follow the for, stream, you get that. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, you know. I don't know if I'd actually pay the price uh, where he's going now. I'm even lukewarm on him. He's just not my guy. If that makes okay. sense. No, that's uh, that, that. That's fine. I mean, we all have we all have our guys there. Because yeah, I'd pay the current price. The surge price would be would be tough. Who do you like around Carrasco's price that that would make you say I'll I'll pass here and go for insert names. Uh, let's see. Um, I know you're not a Lamette guy, but I, I love uh, Lamette this year. Okay, uh, He's going about 15 picks later. Yeah, uh, see, I'm, I'm just... I'm, yeah, at that price, I think, is what's got me concerned about Lamette. I like the strikeouts, but you're not concerned. I mean, what's his ERA going to be in your estimation uh, for Lamette? Three... 370. You oh, think he's going to drop it below four? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I guess if I mean, that's it, what you're thinking, I, I got that. But yeah. I don't know. I'm just concerned. He's such a two-pitch guy only. Yeah, I, I get the two pitches. But, but I mean, San Diego really only needs him to go five or six, you know, with that bullpen. That's true. I, and I think they, they'll, they'll come in with that thinking just to kind of limit his innings. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's only pitched 114 innings, I think, at most – in a year you know he's only had two years because he had uh uh, he missed 2000 yeah yeah, he missed 2018 but you know last year he had 73 innings i mean let's just say 150 is their target i mean if he's going to make 30 starts and not be skipped you kind of have to space that out and 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 be more careful and i think the padres are are a smart enough team where i mean he was kind of going longer in games and he has that ability uh, but I think they they limit him to five or six innings, which is just fine with me. Okay, but that's, I mean, that, yeah. yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so uh, he's around there. What about Cookie's former teammate Corey Kluber in Texas? How do you feel about him out coming off of you know? Is he somebody who we could see rise because he had? Uh, I think some people are kind of glossing over the fact that he was disastrous before he got hurt, and you know we kind of thought he'd work his way out of it, but then he get hit. He got hit in the arm. Uh, breaking his arm, it never gave him a chance to kind of work off of those ugly seven starts. Where are you on a 34-year-old Kluber who's actually going a little bit ahead of Carrasco and Lamette right now? So obviously you'd prefer Lamette, but talk about Kluber specifically and what you see for his outlook in 2020. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a total avoid on Kluber. Uh, you know, I think it's super telling uh, any major league baseball team wouldn't give up really anything. And, and I, I know the argument is, oh, well, Cleveland uh, uh, values Clays more yeah. than anybody else, but no. I, I'm not buying it. Me neither. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 the the one thing I've I've heard, you know, as a counterpoint is, what if Kluber's, you know, seven starts were were more in its baseline? Would that would that change everybody's outlook? And I I think there's some underlying things. He was already kind of a question mark going into last year, if if you kind of remember yep. diving in. And so I mean, there was warning signs already last year. I've uh, I've been nervous just, about him for years because of the bad fastball with uh, with Kluber. Yeah, I, he he's more of a guy that hey, if he beats me, great. Uh, but I I, I want to see it. 
That's fair. I think that's fair. So, uh, and plus, like I said, if he does come in healthy, that price is only going to go up uh, for for Corey Kluber. And so I, I have one share of him. I got it in the Arizona League. Um, I just felt like, okay, I, I can pay this. Uh, obviously, he was still on Cleveland at that point. Not that the Texas thing really changes it. I think that's going to be my lone Kluber share there. Do you, do you uh, remember so, where you got him? I'm yeah, just pick, curious. Pick pick one hundred and three. Okay. Do you do you regret it? You know, now after you've kind of done some research, or do you, would you still take him for, um, for one share? I mean, Carrasco went like a round later. I think I'd probably prefer that. Maybe I should have taken Soroka, who went two picks later. And so I have a tinge of regret because that staff has some interesting risk pitching-wise now. It's Verlander, Sale, Kluber, Montas, and then garbage back Domingo Herman, and then Lance McCullers, and then Josh Hayner. Yeah, I, uh... I took a shot on Nick Anderson, too, and I don't know that he's going to close. So, no, I, I, I don't fully regret it. I don't. I, I might re-rack it and, and do something else if we if we ran that back. But I don't regret it. I'm fine to have that as my lone share, a draft champions 50-teamer for Corey Kluber. Uh, I loved the guy when he first broke out. That was, you know, one of the guys. I was I was one of a group that was in on him from the jump. I've loved watching his success. I am rooting for him to, to beast out, but I will not have a, uh, a portfolio filled with Corey Kluber this year. Or Carlos Carrasco if he surges up. Uh, I'm very happy for what happened with Carrasco last year with getting healthy, uh, but that doesn't mean I have to draft him. All right, let's get back into the uh, to the young players. These last four here are all uh, up-and-comers. They either haven't debuted or they've had a brief debut. So uh, the aforementioned Luis Robert is somebody who, now that he's got that deal, watch out because that means that no shenanigans – no, uh, no grievances filed about uh, his his service time because he's going to be up from day one, and his price is already going up. But you have it going higher, and I actually agree with you. He's uh, currently sitting around the sixth round, and uh, we're talking maybe fourth. Hell, it could be late third by the time we actually get to March. So, talk to us about Robert's potential surge here, and and why you think he's going to just continue to inch up uh, higher and higher. He's, he's kind of that perfect guy uh, that that people look for in, in those later rounds to push up. When I when I say from the, there's usually all these hot rookies right uh, from round seven to ten mm-hmm. usually every year, and they're consistently getting taken early, 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 and then all of a sudden in March somebody takes them at at the end of the third, early fourth, and everybody's like, whoa, you know. Whoa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Too rich you know, for my blood. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, and then you know sometimes it's work. It, it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, I feel like he's this year's Vladimir Guerrero a little bit, just because you know even Steamer, uh, if you if you've seen him, they're like yep. super bullish on him. I mean, they That's have him basically going twenty five, twenty five. Yep. And I and that was before he signed. Before they had, yeah. Because now they could factor in even more playing time. I don't know if they if they had a playing time decline there just assuming that he would be out for a couple weeks but if they did they could even add add on the two to three weeks that we all would have uh, assumed that he was going to miss due to service time shenanigans yeah so i mean if 
if if he's 25 25 and easily can be 30 30 i mean he's he's quote unquote this year's acuna right so it's mm-hmm. like acuna's going number one so if, if i'm going to grab him in the fourth round and i believe he has similar talent why like i'm getting a tremendous value there of course acuna is one of a kind and he could easily you know uh, robert could could flop and go the other way and you know because he does have a lot of strikeouts uh, do, you, do you think that Acuna has influenced this price because Acuna in his you know first year before he really broke out when we knew he was going to miss some time uh, due to shenanigans I don't think he got this high I think he was more starting in like the ninth tenth and then inched up to like the eighth but I don't think he surged all the way up here so do you think his overwhelming success is influencing Robert's price Maybe a little bit, but I think it's just more people are just so desperate for speed and they mm-hmm. know Robert has it. And yes. especially when you get past the third round, it's just, I mean, it's very few and far trustable major stolen base type guys. So it's, you know, to and they get run. somebody. Yeah. Chicago, Chicago's not afraid to let guys run. So you got to feel confident there too, right? Yeah, you know, the, the team con- uh, uh, concept and then the, the player himself, you know, yes, it's his first first year up and, and everything we just talked about with Meadows. Uh, but, I mean, they're just – the White Sox, I think, are not as analytical maybe as Tampa Bay. So maybe he has a longer leash to run if things start out uh, a little bit slow slowly for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, In terms I, of getting I, caught, you're saying – yeah, 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 you know, but but I I love Robert. Uh, I'm I'm very curious to see where he goes uh, so would in you, March. So would you pay it? Yeah, I I think I would. I think I would. Um, you know, in an overall contest, more so than maybe a standalone contest, if that makes a little bit more sense. Uh, yeah, just because, because you're I, tr- you're trying to spike maybe some of that that bigger upside there to try to win an overall because. Playing it too safe is just going to land you, you know, maybe in the top 100, which is an admirable finish, but you're trying to get that first place. Yeah, I mean, that's what makes the main events, like, so great. You know, like, it's not just all about upside. I mean, go go look at, in the past, you know, Lindy Hinkleman and and Dave Potts, all they do is draft boring players, and you're like, this team's not going to compete, and then they win the overall, and it's the best players Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's it's not all about upside. You have to have a little bit of health uh, luck, and you have to hit your guys. You know, so you know taking Robert early just because it's a trendy pick and and he's hyped and oh man, he could be you know the next Acuna. Yeah, if it works out, it puts you a major advantage for an overall contest. But if he doesn't, then he puts you at a major disadvantage. Uh, just to compete in your league, let alone in an overall contest. Exactly. I think that's a good point there uh, with regards to uh, Luis Robert and his price moving up. Now, you only did your four, your first four, uh, as opposed to all five of your guys on the poll. So let's go ahead and talk about the poll. Um, And you had Tatis, middle first, Clevenger, late first, Meadows, middle second, and Robert, late fifth, early sixth. Now, we moved that up because he's already kind of inching there. So I wonder if that would change the vote. Maybe you rerun this vote in a couple weeks. But with 1,647 votes, it was Tatis that won with his new price, Tatis's new price, 
people were most willing to pay. So the way you outlined it was, here's these four guys. You've been given intel of, of your following players zooming up. So it's like, we know this coming in. Which of these would you take? And uh, and people voted for Tatis at 31%. He kind of ran away with it because next highest was Robert at 25%. Did the did the poll results shock you, or, or is that where you saw it coming out? Uh, a, a little bit, actually. Uh, it was actually kind of even, uh, and Tatis kind of pulled away. But, I mean, the other three are pretty much very similar. Yep. I, I really thought Meadows was going to win. Um and then I was surprised Clevenger was last, uh, which makes me kind of like Clevenger more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, even though I, I I probably wouldn't pay the price, but it, it, it's more of a, a sharp versus public play uh, that makes me like Clevenger after running this poll. No, I, I feel you on that. And like I said, I, I labored there on who to vote for. Um, in the end, I voted for Robert, but I'd have to reconsider you know based on the fact that his price is already moving up there and i i really had a tough tough pick here as we're talking it through i i gotta be honest i might also turn my vote to tatis now so i might just <laughs> add to his bottom line there as far as uh as far as the guys that we're talking about but it's it's really interesting that's why i love this topic that you've come up with here so let's continue on and move on to our next guy, which is uh, from my list. It's Jesus Lazardo. Now, this is under the concept of pitching getting pushed up. And if in spring we get that guarantee that he's going to start with the club, because we don't know that yet. Yes, he did debut last year, but they could still play service time shenanigans. So we don't know that they won't. I think Oakland, despite how shoestring budget they are, they're open to you know, letting their guys be up when they're ready to contribute because they know that they can't piss away a, a, a win, you know, one war by sitting a guy down for a much lesser guy. So if they deem Lazardo as one of their best five coming out, as they should, then uh, then I think he's going to have a, have a chance to break camp here. So this assumes that this assumes that he's had the spring that uh, we are hoping for, and he breaks camp, and Jesus Lazardo goes from the current ninth round to a late seventh, early sixth. And um, this is a, just a really interesting lefty. I like both their lefties, too. I like A.J. Puck as well. Um, I, have a, I, I have a feeling he's closer to the reliever. Um, they both came up in relief last year, but I think Lazardo is the more ready-made starter, whereas Puck could find his way into that bullpen. I got to be honest, part of it is that he looks like Josh Hader and I can't shake it like right <laughs> down to the stuff and the freaking hair. So maybe I just keep putting him in the bullpen because of that. I hope he starts. But I focused on Lazardo and I put him here to where I think he could he could jump up quite a bit uh, because if you put him in the, uh, the, the the seventh round there, you're talking something in the 90 to 100 range and that would put him around other pitchers like Soroka, Sonny Gray, and the aforementioned Corey Kluber. And again, shiny new toy, guaranteed job, assuming he, that this assumes that, by the way, I think Lazardo would get pushed up. What say you, good sir? Yeah, I, I think there's a chance uh, that easily could be the case. And, and I, I purposely didn't uh, mention him when we were talking about uh, uh, Carrasco earlier because – I honestly would take Luzardo ahead of Carrasco, 
uh, and even with knowing like so if 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 I know going in that Lizardo is only going to get 150 innings, I'm still mm-hmm. going to take him ahead of Carrasco. Uh, I I this is more kind of like the eye test than anything else. Uh, I I've just watched enough of him, and I just I love him on the mound. He he's Same. his yeah he he's just. He doesn't act like a 22-year-old. He attacks hitters. You know, he's not afraid. And he it, he seems more of a pitcher already than a thrower uh, when he has the, the stuff as a thrower, if that I, makes any sense. I, totally, I, I am just sitting here nodding my head. Obviously, you can't hear me nodding my head. But I'm fully with you on this. And I, I'm really interested in Lizardo. And I, I almost hope he doesn't. Uh, have that job coming out so it pushes down the price because then I'm going to be loaded up on shares. There, there's almost that thing where you're semi-rooting against your guy so that the price doesn't soar and uh, you know I played a little bit cautious with his ranking in my first run and I've already started on February rankings and he's already moved up. Uh, Lazardo's already moved up for me uh, from his 56 ranking. I'm not going to say where right now but he's already jumped up some spots just because I really have confidence that they're gonna that they're gonna let him start the season, and that's just gonna make him all that much more appealing there. Yeah, I, I mean, from this like hundred to hundred and fifty range, uh, it, it's kind of like a boring range for for starting pitchers, in my yep. opinion. You know, which which makes it easier for, for Luzardo to make a jump like that, uh, just because you know it's just you know you got the bum gardeners of the world, you know the. The the right even Soroka's kind of boring. He's a, he's yeah. younger, but he's kind of boring, right? Yeah, you know the Robbie Rays, you know the the, the Lance Lens, you know they mm-hmm. they're all, you know they're they're usable in the right setting. Yeah, they're but, good. They're good yeah. pitchers, but they're, they're, there's not there's not the flash appeal. And again, getting back to the main event, we've harped on this, but it's it's the truth. You're looking for that tangible, massive upside that can really pop you a victory and Lazardo going off even for 150 innings we've talked about this a lot on the show that you don't need a 200 inning season to be a top 20 pitcher even if you are strong enough because there are so few 200 inning pitchers a buck 50 of really quality work and you can be uh you know the 18th best pitcher in a given year so Lazardo has the swing and miss capability um, he didn't. He showed really great control, which he has throughout his minor leagues. He showed it in his MLB sample, 12 innings of relief. I don't want to overblow it, but um, I agree with you. That poise, that confidence, that pitchability that he had uh, in the small sample and three true usable pitches, the fastball curve and changeup. All three are legit and ready to go. I really love Lazardo. So we're, we're on the same page there. We would We would even consider paying the premium, I think. Yeah, I'll I'll probably be close to top of the market. I think the only person that would probably be probably beat me is Scott Jenstead, just because he loves the A's and and loves Lizardo himself. Pardon me, who who was that? It it cut out a little bit there. What was it? Uh, Scott Jenstead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, the Rotowire podcast and a great player as well. Um, So, yeah, we need to watch out for him if he's in he's in our leagues because he will he will trump us on on on, uh, on our Lazardo love and we can't can't have that Scott absolutely not no no chance all right coming on to your number five 
is another young buck. Now, this is a rookie who has not debuted, and uh, we don't know that he'll debut right off the rip because he doesn't have that deal in hand the way uh, uh, the way Robert does. But I would not be surprised if he got one. I got to be honest. I'm almost waiting for that news to drop that the Angels give Joe Adele the uh, the 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 pre the pre performance deal whatever you call that uh, it's not pre arbitration it's before you even debut the pre debut deal um, I wouldn't even be surprised if they announced that at some point in February or even March like right as the season's kicking off so that they can insert him into right field right away because this team clearly wants to win they were very aggressive on Cole and they missed out so they just turned their attention gave all that money to Rendon as they should have um, they couldn't quite add a a you know, name a pitcher. Like I thought Ryu would have been a good consolation prize. They were talking in the Kluber deal, but for some reason, uh, Cleveland wanted good players from them and a freaking reliever and the dentist from Texas. I don't understand that. I, you know, the <laughs> angels were like, no, you can't have Brandon Marsh and another top 10 prospect of ours. And they said, okay, well, we'll just take this reliever and fourth outfielder then. And, and they're like, well, we'd have given you that. We yeah, I would have. I would have loved to just seen their faces after after seeing seeing that, that trade go down. The yes, <laughs> they're like, "Well, we got that, dude. We have <laughs> Keenan Middleton and you know Brian Goodwin. We could have given you, and you know, I'm sure Class A's or Class Harvey said is probably better than Keenan Middleton, but like, you know." He's not a starter, so you really bought a, a reliever, even if it's a late-inning reliever, and a fourth outfielder for Kluber. Uh, Would have been interesting if they could have gotten somebody like that or Ryu, but they got Tehran and Bundy, which are additions for them. A lot of times when we assess a, a, a pickup, whether it's via trade or, or um, free agency, I think sometimes we forget, we as a fantasy baseball community, don't compare it to what they had. We just judge the player on their own. And no, Tehran and Bundy are not really getting your juices flowing as like, hey, now they've got some premium frontline pitching. But did you know, Dusty, that they had one guy pitch over 100 innings last year? And do I, you I, know? I, do you want to guess who it was? Uh, Jared Weaver. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Uh, Mark what, Langston. <laughs> it, it, is it your boy? Was it your boy? No, uh, he's not. Not even on their team anymore. No. Uh, who, who, who is it? I don't think he finished the season with them either. Oh, yeah, he did. It, but it was Trevor Cahill, 102 oh, innings. Wow. The yeah. only guy. Um, and so you you bring in two innings eaters, and even if they give you a buck 80 of a 450 ERA, which wouldn't do a lot for us on the fantasy landscape, that would do a hell of a lot for the Angels. And so I do think that despite them not being banner moves – those were solid moves for them with Tehran and Bundy. Now though, there's less pressure on Heaney and Canning and Sandoval, and then even Otani. Um, and Otani should be seen as an addition too, right? He's not coming from outside the organization, but he's being added to their pitching. So I, I like what they've done. And um, I for, oh, I was saying that in the context of them giving Adele a deal and really saying, let's just go with our best right off the top here. Talk to us about Adele surging up. I assume it's similar to Robert that he's a power speed guy. You have him going from the 14th currently up to the 10th. And if he got that deal, you think he would go maybe seventh, eighth? I don't. I don't think by getting the deal he'll move up. I, I, I think 
this price is kind of baked into him getting that deal or at okay. least some type of news like, yeah, he's going to be down the minimum. Uh, I, I can see him even going up. Uh, the 10th round, I, I've, I've always kind of noticed is, is everybody's like jumping off point for yep. like their major their flag players. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's, and it, sometimes it's a rookie, sometimes it's something else, but you know, it'll, it'll be a 200 to 250 guy that all of a sudden, will get taken in, in, in the 10th round. And, and the 10th Garrett round is just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I had a little something in the throat there. Not everybody loves him as much as you, Paul. You, um, no, you I'm saying he that. was that guy last year. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and my dumb ass was, was one of the ones <laughs> taking it there. So, yeah, I agree with you. That is that, that, that point there where people start to push guys up. And uh, Adele currently has an ADP um, of 197. And that's set to set to rise for sure, uh, especially as spring goes. And yeah, we get more and more indication that he should be up. You know, two two three weeks into the season, he he seems like a prime one forty to one fifty pick type of guy. Would you pay that? Uh, I'm gonna say no, but it's a it's it's up in the air. I, I really need to like look into him more. I, I believe in his power and his speed, but I don't know if the bat is quite ready. So, you know, he, you know, he usually could be a, a negative batting average player. And I usually like to protect average. Did you say you would pay the price on Robert? Uh, yes. Yes. I Do, would doesn't pay the he price share the same concerns? No, I, I think Robert's got a little bit, better of a bat like more major league ready i i, I think he had Robert, the huge I, season last year and adele yeah. was hurt and it was i i, I hear I, you on that comparison. i see robert more as kind of like a 260 270 hitter you know uh maybe adele comes in as like a 240 hitter so okay. you know okay uh you know like i can see the power and, and speed being there but you know the average i think will be a little bit lower than robert okay i i i can i can see that i i um I think both can have that average risk if you're looking at what what's their flaw. But when you compare their their 2019s, you know, Robert had the 30-30 season and Adele grinded uh, through like 90 games uh, due to health. And uh, actually, I think it was, let's see, 76 games across three levels. And he was, you know, he was perfectly fine, um, although when he got to AAA, it was it was. It was pretty meh for 132 plate appearances. So I feel you on that. Maybe Adele has more seasoning to get, and it's legitimate. Whereas if they had sent Robert back down before his deal, it would have been fraudulent as hell. So, um, okay. So Adele will move up. I, I would, I could see making him my jump off guy. I, I could, I could see doing that in the 10th. I think I want to have a pretty stable outfield to that point. So I wouldn't also have Robert. You know, for example, um, I wouldn't have maybe a guy I do love, but I, I still understand some of the concerns around like a Victor Robles uh, as far as his bat goes. So I, I would have more stability in my outfield by the time it gets to that pick 150 range. But I could see myself taking a shot on uh, on Adele. Now, a big jump would put Adele in line with maybe a Kyle Tucker, who I think you have an affinity for. I don't know. Am I crazy on that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I am not a fan of Kyle Tucker, especially after the uh, allegations with the Astros. 
I so what do you see for for him right now with regards to his playing time and and everything with the tumult that's happening in Houston and Kyle Tucker? Oh, as far as Tucker goes, uh, I, I'm adamant. I you know I know every you know Rob Silver makes fun of me all the time. I but, know. Uh, Tucker, I think, is, is the starting right fielder come opening day. Uh, you know, Hinch was on record at the end of last season that they were fine, you know, uh, uh, letting him run uh, with the Astros not being a speed thing. Uh, that's the other thing that I, I, I want to see, too, is is what manager they hired. Does the philosophy change? Do a lot of the Astros that in the past ran, does the, do they run more, you know, now yeah. that Hinch and, and Luno aren't there? So. That could easily be a buying opportunity on some other players, but as far as like Tucker goes, I, I'm just I'm in love with them. I, I think he easily is a a 25-25 player with with I don't, upside. On, on, I don't know on, if you conveyed. That. I don't know if you conveyed your sarcasm enough initially when you said that you hate <laughs> him. Uh, but yeah, he he was being Dusty was being extremely sarcastic. He loves Kyle Tucker. He's a huge fan of him, and like you said, you've got him penciled in, inked in even, for the right fielder job. So I think it's safe to say you would not take Adele over Tucker if, if they started to be in the similar area. You didn't put him down for, for this, but is Tucker somebody who could jump? And, and you know, let's say he jumps from his 139 ADP closer to 100, two more rounds. Does that uh, deter you? Or are you uh, the guy doing <laughs> you could be the guy. I, I think I'm him. the guy pushing pushing Tucker's ADP up. Uh, I, I think it's actually trended down. Yep. Uh, more yes. so than up, uh, which is fine by me. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take that every day of the week. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know if people are just non-believers in Tucker for some reason. I, I can't really understand why they wouldn't be, other than you know, if you're scared of Josh Reddick. <laughs> Uh, taking away playing time, then I mean, yeah, let's let's be in a league together. You know, I, I think uh, give me Kyle Tucker every day. Yeah, I think it's that he didn't get the call last year until you know very late, and and it's really scared some folks off. But it has created this buying opportunity that again, I know you're super into, and I am as well. I I, I like Tucker at this ADP quite a bit. You mentioned how he's going down. Yes, please. Yes. Are you kidding me? I will take that shot there uh, because obviously the less risk involved, you know, I'm even more inclined to take a shot on somebody who has a power speed combo like Tucker. So uh, anyway, we're more focused on Adele there and uh, you're less uh, likely to pay a surge price. Are you buying him at the current price? I didn't ask that. The, the, yeah, if he's stuck I, I am more buying the 13th, 14th. Yeah, I, I am buying him at that price. If he if if he goes up maybe another round or two, maybe I, I start to kind of get a little bit more hesitant. Okay. Uh, but yeah, if 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 he goes in the fourteenth round, yeah, I, I I have no problem taking there in in a standalone or or an overall type contest. Okay, and that's Joe Adele. And then for the last one is another young buck. He did debut last year, and I understand the team that he plays on creates this this cloud of of playing time potential but i'm betting on it and i again i think it's if if it's shown that he is going to be given that playing time coming into the year that gavin lux could really soar um he's already in that kind of jump off point of the 10th round at, at pick 154 but i think if he's 
locked in as the the second baseman coming into opening day, and we get clarification on that, and not this, um, you know, wishy washy talk from Dave Roberts about, oh, you know, uh, we like him, he's a good young player, and and we'll kind of see what happens. But if it's more of, he's our second baseman, I think Gavin Lux is going to shoot up from this eleventh round ADP to the late seventh, early eighth is what is what I'm looking at uh, out of him. So what do you think about that with regards to Gavin Lux potentially moving up uh, 40, maybe even 50 picks? Because that would put him, um, if he moved all the way up to the highest level that I'm saying, you're talking about putting him around um, guys. and Esk- yep. Escobar. Yep, guys like Mustakis, Escobar, uh, Trey Mancini. There's not a lot of second baseman there. That's also part of my point with him is second base is kind of rough. And um, I think, a, you know, a premium prospect like that who can do what he's done uh, the great season that he had last year on a great team, while he will be batting lower, that is a little bit of a ding. I think he could move up the lineup, though, too. If he performs, I think Gavin Lux moves up the lineup. So how do you feel about Gavin Lux potentially surging this draft season? I think it's a possibility if it comes out that he's going to play a lot more than I think he is. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't trust Dave Roberts, you know, Max Muncy, you know, uh, will, will play some second base and steal some advance from Lux. Uh, you know, they, like second base is a horrible position. He's kind of like one of those last guys to jump in on before it just really kind of dies at that position. So yep. that could maybe possibly be a reason if, if second base gets pushed up kind of, kind of in these drafts maybe that's a reason why he would he would go higher uh if not for uh uh uh, playing times concerns kind of being addressed in the spring uh i'm personally not a big fan of him uh just for those reasons above you know i kind of see him as like a you know 15 10 player which is useful but um that's about it 15 10 player what do you think about that (laughs) jerk <laughs> really? Yeah, fifteen I, homers? Yeah, I, I'm not a. How many plate appearances big, is, it, is he hitting fifteen homers in? Because that's uh, his steamer, five, five, essentially. Five hundred plate appearances for okay. for fifteen. Yeah, I mean Dodger Stadium, you know, still is kind of cavernous, and uh, it's more about playing time. I'm not a big believer in in him getting the playing time that necessarily pay off. But I could be wrong if 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 playing time is not a concern that it's something that I'll have to look into more for Gavin Lux. Yeah, I'm thinking more of like a 2012, but I'm also thinking um, that the batting average could be really interesting. Now, uh, you know, in his major league sample of 82 plate appearances, he struck out a lot more than he had in the minors, but he still had a 9% walk rate too. So I did like to see that. I don't think he's going to be a major strikeout guy. I think as Gavin Lux situates himself in the majors, he's going to be more in the uh, low 20s, maybe mid 20s this first year, but he's always a high teens, uh, low 20s guy in the minors. In fact, he was only above 18% at two different stops, a 34 plate appearance sample in rookie ball, who cares? And then uh, 21% at double A last year, when he was putting up a 147 WRC plus, and that was with a 10% strikeout rate or walk rate, excuse me. So I'll take a 21% strikeout with a 10% walk all day long. He had 26 homers and 10 steals in the minors. And I think he can be, like I said, like a 2012 
with a 285 average in decent counting categories. It's not super flashy, but that's also why I'm not moving him up to like the fifth round. Um, and second base does play a role. I don't want to overvalue position scarcity type things and, you know, overdraft a guy when there's many more talented guys at different positions. You got to be careful of doing that. Second base is about the only position that really has a major flaw on it uh, outside of catcher, but that's its own thing. But I like Gavin Lux and. I feel like there's a small chance that he could add some positional eligibility in season. Corey Seager is hardly the bastion of health, so he could play short. Also think that they've talked about possibly getting him into the outfield a bit. So there's also not that you would necessarily want to play him in the outfield over second base for Lux, but anytime you get eligibility, I'm here for it. Any flexibility that I can get, I'm taking it, even if it's at a position that's deeper than your than your primary. So that's where I'm at on Lux, um, and obviously so, I'm giving him more PT. Yeah, the the one thing I am a little bit more of a buyer on than, than maybe the projection systems is is the average. You know, he reminds me a lot of Bregman as far as his plate skills. You know, he's 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 always hit for a high. Oh, Can I, you hear Charlotte? I, I hear Charlotte bar- Borky. She knows I'm wearing her shirt. That's why. <laughs> yes, she uh, does. Get over here, you little Borkster. Um, yeah, the the Bregman comp. Continue with that because that's interesting with regards to the plate skills. You know, he 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 take. You know, he's he's taken a lot of walks. He he hits for a high average at least. You know, so far in the minors. You know, like so as far as the plate skills go, I think it's very comparable to Bregman. You know, you know, and. and on the uh, the he could even be better than Bregman because he doesn't have the assistance of knowing what pitch is coming, <laughs> uh, you know. So, well, I don't think he's going to bat three hundred or anything. He has that capability, but I think two eighty five is a fair you know average to give him, uh, which is which is more than enough uh, at that price for sure. Do you want to tell Dusty why you're borking? What are you borking about? Is the lawn guy there? Noise? Is that what she's barking no, about? No, Cal Gibson's not here right now. Not in this weather. <laughs> the The funny thing is, she'll bork, and obviously you you hear her borking in the stream sometimes. And I don't hear a damn thing outside until like three minutes later. It's like she knows something's coming from so far away. And obviously, I understand dogs have good hearing and and uh, you know good sense of smell. But it's so surprising sometimes when I'm like, what uh, what in the God's name? Are you borking at? And then, you know, a few minutes later, I hear some jingle jangle. I'm like, did you hear that dog freaking, you know, 600 yards away, you psychopath? Anyway, she's crazy. I, but, um, yeah, I'm just glad she made an appearance in, in our pod with me. So. I knew I knew you'd love that. Uh, uh, Dusty's a huge fan of Charlotte. You mentioned her shirt that is available on Rotoware. Big thanks to Rotoware for for making that. That was awesome. I love it. Yeah, and, how do you like uh, that you guys plug, can by pick the way? Those, those are great that, plugs that was, for you. <laughs> you are you're a podcasting veteran there, just getting the plugs right in, just dropping the Roto the Rotoware uh ad right there, hashtag ad. But uh that's gonna wrap us up there on our 10 guys. So again, just a recap, we've got uh, Fernando Tatis, Chris Sale, Mike Clevenger, Vlad Jr., Austin Meadows, Carlos Carrasco, Luis Robert, Jesus Lazardo, Joe Adele, and Gavin Lux, all potentially seeing their price surge in March. Uh, based on uh, varying factors, if you love these guys and you want to ensure that you get shares of them, you should probably start drafting now if you're not willing to pay the premium. Uh, because I think at least I would say I would bet on seven of ten of these going up. 
I don't know exactly which seven, but I think we're going to have a pretty high hit rate here as far as these guys going up in price. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you you can either laugh at me uh, in Vegas or or be like, man, you, you you may know a thing or two. So we'll, no, we'll I, see. I, I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna make yourself be correct by buying three of these guys at their elevated <laughs> price. And be like, Whoa, dude! I I I, pred- I predicted it. I'm a genius. Uh, Dusty, what have you got coming up at Arbor Pro? Um, I mean, we're we're churning out articles. Uh, I, I I think we we have pretty much every position overview already. Uh, I'm I'm throwing up any of the drafts that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, How many have you, know, you done so far? Shockingly, only like four. Um, Shockingly, <laughs> only four. He said, "Folks, only." Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 trying to sucker uh, uh, more people in for tonight, but we'll see how that goes. Oh, you're doing one tonight? Well, I I got them to do a, a online championship that they didn't have scheduled, but it, it's it's a long way from filling, so I need a a prayer to to draft another one tonight. Yeah, jump in. Jump in, Paul. <laughs> Maybe. You could stream I, it. You could stream it. I know. That's that's what that's what's encouraging me. That's what's making me think about it. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I have all but day I, to convince you. <laughs> but I do um I do we do have to get into a draft champions together for sure. And um we'll have you back on again before the season starts. Um and I think maybe we'll do a position review like we did last time we talked. So, Dusty, great topic. Thanks for coming up with it, and great talking with you. I'll have you on again uh, down the line. Take care. All right. Bye, Paul.